Welcome to Money in the Air, the music podcast about neighboring rights, the royalties you earn from the public performance of your recordings and the business of music in general. Brought to you by IFR, the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders. I'm Andrew, co-founder and chief royalty officer of Royalty. Hi, I'm Gina Deacon. I work for Absolute Rights Management and I work with record labels and artists to ensure we claim the royalty income due to them. I'm Stacey Haber and I'm from Inside Baseball Music Publishing. Hey, welcome back to Money in the Air, the Neighboring Rights Podcast brought to you by IFR, the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders. And with me, as always, Andrew and Gina. Hi, guys. Today, Andrew had a great idea that we should talk about the Writers Guild strike and the actor strike and the parallels about the issues that they're facing that caused the strike, which are the same as the issues we're facing in music, um, specifically residuals and AI taking away our credits, our work, and our income. Um, Andrew, do you want to start us off? A comparison to what's going on on the film TV side of things with the writers and actors. Historically speaking, everybody was paid, there was a set structure or percentages off of traditional broadcasts, TV, film, syndication, but when streaming came into play, it completely disrupted the whole residual model. So now they're trying to catch up with what has disrupted the music industry, essentially. But the parallels specifically that we, we wanted to touch on today is who gets paid from streaming on the music side and who does not. So on in music, we have interactive streaming, which is the largest driver of music growth in the industry today. And the rights that are exercised for interactive streaming services, the record label gets paid, the publishers get paid, and the PROs are getting paid. By and large, the collective management organizations, which represent the neighboring rights, are not getting paid for the same usage of interactive streaming with the exception of certain countries such as Spain. So we wanted to bring up the parallels here of how these economics shake out within uh, within music and and what people are arguing for on the film and TV side. Thank you. And and do I understand correctly that there is a proposed settlement that the union will vote on? There is. So there is a proposed settlement that will take place, not a settlement, but renegotiation of how streaming currently works with in terms of paying out residuals. So unlike music, where excluding neighboring rights from the equation, so music rights in general. So every single time a stream is played on a streaming platform for music, for each stream, there will be a certain percentage that will get paid out to the music rights holders. Unlike on the streaming services for film and TV, uh, they're essentially negotiated as a flat fee payment that for the sale of that content on that streaming service. And therefore, no incremental revenue will come in, royalties will come into the film and TV writers that created that content. So that's one of the pain points that they're trying to come to an agreement on, is that, so on the music side, regardless, they're not paying out neighboring rights, but every single time a stream happens, somebody's getting paid for that stream where on the film TV side, they're getting one 
small payment at the very front end of things for a buyout to make that content available on, say, Disney Plus or Netflix or uh, HBO Max. But any incremental point after that for each view is not getting paid out on. So that's one of the points. And then also the second point is to address the issue of studios completely circumventing the need for writers in general by using AI content. So putting certain protections in place for generative AI for written, like to replace screenwriters, essentially. Do we know what the argument is in terms of neighboring rights for artists not being paid for streaming, you know, neighboring rights for streaming? It, I think it's more has more to do with the overall payout structure of the streaming services. So the streaming ser- not, so the interactive streaming service like Spotify is going to take anywhere between twenty five and thirty percent as their uh, commission for having the content available on the platform, and then the record labels take I don't know fifty five percent, and then fifteen percent goes to the music composition split between performance and mechanicals. So if you were to include neighboring rights, their argument is that they can't support an additional royalty stream to get paid out. Not so much the fact that they're saying it's you are choosing, you are selecting to listen to that music and therefore it's not just played on the radio, for example. It's not, it's selected music rather than that is just being played in the, in the background to determine or interrupt the actual sort of royalty income process by selecting music you want to listen to. I I wondered if that is the impact as to why they choose not to pay for streaming. I mean, if that was the case, then the composition wouldn't get paid out for the performance side of the equation. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, very true. Yeah, yeah. There is an AV argument on the uh, recording side that, that in England, because the license for production music from MCPS is triple weighted to take into account all the public performance that they don't need to. But I don't find that a convincing argument because not all music that's played in audiovisual is production music. Great, great. And if you think about the broadcast blanket licenses, you can only be part of the UK broadcast blanket licenses if you're registered with PRS, PPL, and MCPS. So they're clearly paying the PPL, the neighboring rights, for the master. So that argument then doesn't hold up if that's the case for the blanket. Okay, no, I, I agree with that. I'm just, yeah, I'm curious to sort of fully understand it, to find out what the actual argument is for not paying it. You know, we've got various different theories, but I would love to fully understand why and it's it probably does come down to the percentage as Andrew says uh, it, it probably comes down to leverage and negotiating somebody has to bring a class action suit in order for them to sit up and say okay we capitulate what are the incentives so on the streaming services side all they really care about is their subscriber growth which attributes to their valuations Netflix for example is worth 166 billion dollars because of the amount of subscribers they have, because of the content that they have available that's supplied by these writers who are getting paid for cheap. That's a very good point. I um, 
I also think the same is true about the argument with AI in that for, for writers, screenwriters, if anything that the AI outputs includes anything of what was input that is attributed to them, they retain ownership of the output. You can't circumvent that. So they're just as protected as musicians in that whatever goes in, the IP that comes out is owned by the original owner. So hopefully they're going to address that in this um, renegotiation. Yeah, what I found is interesting, just from what I read so far, is that a streaming service or studio cannot use a show or create a show unless they, it can be traced back to an actual human. So there needs to be some type of human input originally feeding this generative AI, whether it's ChatGBT or, or anything, for that content to be commercially released. I thought that was very interesting. So you can't just have robots creating a show. You have to have a human that came up with some type of inspiration that fed the algorithm and the model itself. So you can't ex completely cut out the human. Whereas I haven't seen something like that in music where it's saying that a machine can't come up with something almost entirely. But our argument is more about what if it's feeding the model like prior copyrighted works feeding the model. Agreed, yeah. Or is the, I think they're talking about brand new content in general. They could think of a loophole with human input being just inputting the prompts into the AI, but that's not gonna fly either. Thank you very much, guys. And thank you for listening. Don't forget to tune in next week. And in the meantime, any questions go to info at ifr.co.uk. Have a great week.